So last week we took up an offering, put some money together, and um, we had last week 2,100. We, it's actually 2,200 now that we sowed into Sean Foyt's ministry, Let Us Worship, and we did that um, for the future of the worship team for all that we need for resources, people like, and the Lord would take our worship to a whole nother level. And um, it didn't feel like a whole nother level this week, but you know, we we're just like, it was rough. But on uh, Wednesday night, funny, I mean, this was, and, it's, and it really just plays right into my message today. <clears throat> Is uh, I stood here and I waved that check and and we were sowing that. And it, it has taken me most of my life to get to a place where I'm really um, claiming the promises, doing things with laying hold of what God promised he would do if I obey, follow his leading, and to take confidence in that. And um, when we came to practice uh, Wednesday night, Phyllis already mentioned in, in renouncements, but... Uh, my my good guitar just went dead. The electronics went out in it, and it it's it threw me off terribly. Like I just I we couldn't hardly fi- well we didn't finish practice. We tried a little bit. And it was just like oh this is bad. Um, I lost my sound. I lost like I couldn't you know. And um, the worst part is I know it can be fixed, but. I don't know what to do. Like, I can't just play any guitar. Like, it has to fit. I'm real sensitive about that. Um, I can play keyboard, but it's got to be at the right place, the right position. All those things are real. I'm real fussy about it. And um, those aren't the other things I'm fussy about, but I, it's like, that's what panicked me. Like, how do I even find a guitar to borrow that's going to fit? There are people that would loan me one, but it's that thing. It just had me. So I go home, you know, I left. Rob Rob and I said goodbye out in the parking lot. I said, I got to go figure this out. Like, I just got to go like, whoa. Like, so I get down the house and didn't even mention anything to Phyllis. But as I, as I work this out and figured out step one, step two, step whatever, uh, in it, I just, I felt one thing like, just wait, just wait on me. And as I, rem- I envisioned, I just, kn- I held that check up and waved it like I waved in the enemy's face. And those stuff happens. I, I sowed a seed that is going to reap. And, and so even momentarily, uh, I made arrangements. The man that, uh, in Cleveland that works on, on Taylor guitars was still, um, was still there, still in business. I hadn't, he had worked on it before about five years ago. Um, and found him, and um, he'd almost died of COVID, and just the whole nine yards, you know, all the stuff and, that are going on. So um, I was able to take it up Saturday, but meanwhile, I needed a guitar, and I ended up asking uh, my nephew, Brant, which he'll give you the shirt off his back, literally, whatever you ask him. So I, I, I knew I was very comfortable. I was comfortable with asking him. I remember, that's the other thing I'm really fussy about there are only a few people I'll borrow things from like I just don't like doing that I don't like doing that and um so it's it's a hard thing like I can't just I just can't yeah just I'm not comfortable with it and uh, there are other people a few other people that are close to me I abuse you know like I, I I 
go over to Adams and tell him, hey, I've got your clamps, you know, whatever. You just, you know, there are some people you're just so familiar with that you um, back and forth, and it's just the even thing. And, but um, gave me, he says, oh, yeah, you can have my guitar. I'm going to buy new strings on the way. I said, I've got strings. No, I'm going to buy new strings for it. And da, da, da. So he does that. And we get hooked up. And, and the other thing is a lot of the sound that I have comes from a unit that I put on the back of the guitar. And uh, so I took it out of my old guitar, the bracing, and was able to transfer that same unit onto this guitar. And it sounds just like mine. Like, that's really crazy. Like, the sound is there, and, uh, and everything's there. So that was, that was really, it was such a major blessing. And um, I was able to just worship with it, and that's, you know, that's, that's huge. Um, but the point, the, the, the bigger thing is that, uh, that when, we, when we believe God for things and we're, we stand in things, it's taken me years to get to the place where I'm, I accept the battle that goes with it. And you all do, like there's so many stories. Some, you, you tithe or you give something and it's, it's a stretch and you do it. And the car breaks down. I mean, immediately this stuff happens, and, and you gotta, you got to hold it together for a little bit. Like, okay, I'm not losing it. God doesn't hate me. Like, you've got to fight through that stuff. It's a real, I watch people go through it. Even when you think you're not going to go through it, you, you do go through it. Uh, we'll go to a prophetic conference, and have we not gotten the most phenomenal words through our lives and things that the Lord was going to do? And then you come back home. Well, you don't even have to get home before boom, you hit a wall and it's so hard to believe. And I had this, um, I had this attitude, this mentality that if God's going to promise me something, then he should do it. You know, like I, 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 my only, I only, my only part in it was show up, you know, stay on the planet, that kind of thing. And I, I begrudged the, needing to fight or stand for something. So that wasn't, I didn't express that all my life, but there was a real, like there's a real problem. And if you can't accept that, you're really in trouble because everything the Lord promises and does and calls us to and all the provisions, you know, it's like the best example is uh, Abraham Lincoln, right? Lincoln writing out the Emancipation Proclamation. Did I say that right? And he writes this out and declares uh, all slaves free, black men free in America. And it'd be nice if that just took care of the problem. Bam, every, every racial other person, especially blacks, they just were free, freely accepted that everything was good. They could now ride in the front of the bus. They could get the jobs. They could whatever. They weren't discriminated against. And the reality was, there was a whole war to fight, right? This still can, can exist and pop up. And, and so we have to contend then. And if you aren't okay with this, then you're really, really in trouble. Because you've got to, you've got to be willing to contend with a new rival. Yeah, why, do, why don't I just, everybody's looking at the bay. Sarah and Michael walked in, like, so that's just a layout. Amazing, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, because we don't care if they're sleeping or not. We just they, they go where we go. 
Amen. Everything going good? Good to see you guys. You're still smiling. Michael, yeah. New father. Yay. <laughs> Michael's into this. He's really, yeah. He's been a good dad. Corsair is. I mean, yeah. Got the mother thing going on. Sometimes us dads were a little bit, yeah. So, no, that's awesome. Great. So in Psalms 27, I shared out of last week, <clears throat> and um, at the end of that psalm, it's a psalm about don't fear and wait on the Lord. And um, I suppose we've got to define something. What does it mean to fear not? We get a lot of admonitions from the Lord, don't fear, don't have fear, fear not. What does that look like, feel like? And, uh, and so if you are facing something that's hard and you have fear, like you're already, you feel like, well, I've already lost it because I'm scared to death about stepping into this or doing this or following this. The, the different, let me differentiate this because it's so important. Just the feeling of fear doesn't mean you failed. It's really important to get this. The feeling of fa- fear is not, is not a, you have not sinned. You have not, viol- you have not let the Lord down. There are a lot of things that we're fearful about stepping into. Here's the difference. Does the fear stop you from going forward? Does the fear control you? Does the fear uh, present itself and you do not move forward? Now that's a problem. That's what the, what's, that's what the, uh, the exhortation is. Fear not. Do not let fear stop you from moving forward. You may feel, you, I guarantee you, you will often feel a lot of premonition before you step into something, follow the Lord in something, or whatever. Um, start a, vent, a business venture. All of that stuff, it takes risks at risk, and there's, there's fear related to it. And so this to fear not means don't let fear stop you from doing it. You may have a feeling, but say, this is just a feeling. It's a feeling. It's kind of real, but I cannot let it control me. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to step out. I'm going to do what he says to do. So you find in, in Psalms 27, the reason I went there last week, is that you see uh, David, just he hides himself. It's kind of a Psalms 91. He hides himself from the Lord. So when... When he crashes, when something comes over, when he finds out that enemies are plotting against him, they want to kill him. And it makes him kind of nervous, you know, like it's always that feeling, hey, there's a, there's a poster down the road on the telephone pole. It's got your name on it. And there's a, you know, so many thousand dollar reward for the, you know, the first person that brings you in or kills you or does something, you know, you're like, oh, that means everybody's motivated to come and get me, you know? It's not like I have an, an enemy, but now there's a, an incentive for even my friends to come and get me. Like, that's a, be a hard thing to live with, huh? So David was notorious for writing out his journey to run to the Lord and to hide himself. And, and, he, and he talks about this. This is where he hides, and he's, he, the, he says, He has smuggled me into a secret place where I'm kept safe and secure out of the reach of all my enemies. And this is uh, later in verses uh, 5 and 6. 
And then this phrase in the middle of that, triumphant now, I'll bring him my offerings of praise, singing and shouting with ecstatic joy. Yes, listen, and you can hear the fanfare of my shouts of praise to the Lord. God, hear my cry. Show me your grace. Show me mercy. Send the help I need. And so he, he, he presses through it. He gets confident in the Lord, and now he's ready to face whoever, whatever. So I wake in this morning with a verse, um, interesting, and it's uh, Psalms 119. I think it was just the early this morning. Psalms 119, I believe, verse 6. We can turn there quick. Your word I've hidden in my heart so that I won't sin against you. Simple word, but that's what was, that, that scripture was going through my mind. I'm like, I've got to look that up. Um, it's 119, it was, it's not verse 6, it's, um, it's 11, yes. And, and the Passion Translation reads a little differently. I consider your prophecies to be my greatest treasure, and I memorize them and write them on my heart to keep me from committing sins, treason against you. In other words, I, I, I've committed it to my heart. I know your word so deep in me that that's what guides me. And it keeps me from going here or there because I, I, I know your word. I know your promises, your commands, and I want to please you. I want to stay near you and whatever comes to me. Joshua is, it took me back to, to Joshua. Read it out of my New King, King James. In Joshua chapter 1, Joshua gets a commission and you know you're getting commissioned when it when it it starts out with Moses, you're you know, is dead. <laughs> the person you followed, the man you followed, the prophet, the teacher, the leader, he's dead, he's gone. So it's like, oh yeah, this is reality check. And you're up. It's time for you to lead. You've been following and watching a faithful follower, faithful servant, you've been been next to him. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, assisting, assistant, Moses' assist, assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that your, the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and the Lebanon, and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. So we like, we're like, amen, that's a good word. I'm going to go home from the conference and be encouraged. The Lord said, it's going to be with me. And then in verse 6, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them only be very strong, be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded. You're like, yeah, you already said that. Yeah, well, I'm saying it again because I want to get your attention. Do not turn from it for, to the right 
or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Again, another promise. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Like how many times did he say be strong and courageous? Was it three or four times in that? Like, So last week we looked at, I think it was 1 Samuel 30, um, where David is in trouble. All of their wives and goods and whatever, and of men of his men, they were living amongst the Philistines, fighting battles for them. Kind of a weird history, spot in history. And they come back to their city where all their stuff is and all their wives and their children, and they've been stolen and taken away. And the men, him and the men, were so distraught, they were so very distraught that they're like, we're gonna, it's you, and we're gonna kill you, we're gonna stone you. Like, you know you're having a bad day when your own people like, you know what, forget the other enemies, we're, we're gonna wipe you out, we're gonna take you out. And so the scripture says in that passage, David strengthened himself in the Lord. That's a heart, that's probably about as bad as it gets. He strengthened himself in the Lord, he found a place, and then he calls for that ephod, which is kind of a mystery, but, some, but in that he asked the Lord, if I go and pursue the enemy, will you be with me? He's asking questions of the Lord. Has, the, has Nathan the priest, I think, come, one of, one of those guys, and he has them bring this ephod, the outer garment of the priest's garment, and, uh, which we believe there are stones inside of that. There are, there's, it's a breastplate. There are sto 12 stones that mark, um, identify all the tribes of Israel. But on the inside of, of this are two stones they call the um, Thummim and Urim. Urim and Thummim. Whatever those were. And however that worked. I, you read things, I'm not sure what it was. It's kind of mysterious. So I don't have to figure it all out. I'm just like, there was something to this. And he had the priest get this. And he inquired of the Lord, and he gets answers, however that was. So once he had an answer from the Lord, strengthened himself in the Lord, he gets an answer from the Lord, then he's able to go and pursue. And I mean, he was like, another one of the Marvel characters. It was supernatural, him and his men. They went, they got, they brought everybody back. They, they recaptured and re, regathered everything that was stolen from them. Amazing. It's that moment when you give up hope and despair and, you know, you give up and it's like, no. He was able to rally himself and strengthen himself and go, wait, wait a minute. It can't end like that. Something rose up in me. It can't end like this. It can't be like this. This doesn't fit the narrative. If he would have given up at that moment and just, um, and just, what's the, what's the word I want to use? Uh, agree, conceded to the lost, like just came into an agreement with it. They would have lost everything. But something in him went, no. Wrong ending to my story this doesn't work for me. 
I need my stuff back. I need my people back. My men need their stuff back. And, and so he goes in this confidence that the Lord says, I'll be with you. And, and he goes. And we're at a place in our life where we must learn how to. No children lost their life in that, whatever that was. <laughs> what a what a group. Yeah. I know my grandson's out there in the midst of that. He can be whatever. Kirk loves it when I do this, but I can't help it. Interrupt the program. One of the factors here that the enemy uses against us is that we probably shouldn't have been in that place. And therefore, uh, God isn't going to answer us. And David was told by Gad, the prophet, do not go outside of Israel. But he went anyways. And so when he went and, and was in disobedience to the Lord, he still didn't let it stop him from believing that the Lord would be merciful to him. That's an excellent point. That is an excellent point. Thank you. And isn't that what the enemy uses on you? Right away. You shouldn't have done this. Shouldn't have bought that. Shouldn't have gone there. Shouldn't have married this person. Shouldn't, you know, it just starts. And you can, it, it paralyzes you, which is all the enemy needs is for you to be paralyzed and stop moving forward. And so we have to learn how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord one of the big ways is his word has to move from the book to our hearts. And every, I would just encourage you, every, the scriptures, the things that you have that you know that are ministered to you, commit them to memory so that you can. There's nothing, the word, I'm telling you, it just doesn't get as deep if you don't memorize something, if you don't memorize it and commit it to, and then, and then ruminate over it, like I really start going deeper when I take the time to do that. And with our distractions and our age and our whatever, we have a thousand excuses not to do that, to stop doing that. But every verse, everything that I memorized when I was young, like Josiah's age, I still have those. They're, they're still laid in there. It's, it's really cool how our memory works. So they stay. And, and so it becomes, especially when you're truly wrestling and struggling, the deep groanings of life and things, situations you go through, you rely on those and you, you meditate on them. And as quickly as I can in the morning, so as I'm awakening, if I, you know, don't just jump right up, but I'm coming into, and I, I start gra- reaching out, or there's something just, just there. And so I'll, let, I'll lay there and let, it, and let it ruminate in me and, and go through the words, because there's, there's life. There's life in that. And we commit that to, to ourselves. But we, and once we strengthen ourselves, we have to contend for the promises and, and, and go after them in faith and stand and, f- and fight the good fight. So it's, it's interesting. Um, I felt drawn to um, Hebrews 10 then. And uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. Um, let me get here. 
It's a little bit of a hard verse to to take. It can kind of put you off balance a little bit. And it's um, in verse um, 38. The Lord also says, my righteous ones will live from faith. And it's a quote from Habakkuk. It says, but if fear holds them back, my soul is not contempt with them or finds no pleasure in them. So if we don't become aggressive in our faith, I'm believing promises, this, the Lord's got a problem with that. Like when I give a gift to my loved ones and I give something that there's promise attached to it, I'm not blessed if they go, oh, I didn't want to draw on that. I didn't want to believe that. It's like, are you kidding me? Do you not realize who you are to me, why I gave you something and gave you promise with that? Why in the world, what, like, I'm, why would you do that? Why would you think that way? What's wrong with, with how you're looking at our relationship that you would think for a moment that I wouldn't want you to, to cash in on that thing? That I wouldn't want you to say, oh yeah, my father gave me this. He gave it to me so that I would use it, that I would tap into all that's provided in it. It's a promise. It's provision. It, you know, it's, it's money to spend. It's a gift. It's a, and so when the Lord gives us things, he wants, he, he intends for us to, to draw on those things and cash in. And in verse 39, it says, but we are certainly not those who are held back or to stand back or stand, the different, your, different, your translations will word it differently. We're not those that are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. And so we're in this very, very chaotic, unsettled time in our whole nation. And it's actually the whole world. And we have to contend for things we thought were given. We thought the government thought the best of us and was make sure we were okay. We thought the, the medical community was thinking the best for us, was <coughs> excuse me, taking care of us. We, we assumed different things, and we lived in this, this luxury that wasn't even as true as we thought it was, and now we know it's really not true. And so we have to lay hold of our, of, our, of our liberties, of our constitutional rights, and of our kingdom rights and our kingdom uh, provision and who we are. And that's not an ugly person. That's a person, I mean, that's not a disdainful thing. That's, a, that's an awesome thing. When you recognize who you are, what you have, and you contend for it, and you stand in strength, and you identify what is, what is a true godly law and rule to keep and what is, what is something that is illegal and illright, unrighteous. You go, no, no. And you, you, you don't comply. You stand up against that. And, and the Lord's like, yeah, don't concede to what is not from me. Don't concede to what, what doesn't belong. Like, stand up, rise up, be strong. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. We're, we're of those that, ha- that believe. And, and I find that it, as I walk in that and stand in that, I can't push it on anybody that doesn't want to hear it, but I am an encourager to those that do. And wherever I go, it's like there are a lot of us in this place. And you can take that um, and you can, you can minister hope and strength to people all over, no matter where you go. I was talking to my guitar technician who is an old hippie in Cleveland. 
and, and we connected on these things. I was able to encourage him speak like we had good fellowship. He's not even a believer. But, but, but about what is right. He's like, I, I can't believe this. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to see. But here's, here's I, I shared with him, I said, but when the culture is telling, telling me about people that do not good things for him and kind acts, and I said, that's what our culture was to be based on. That's what, that's what our, we need more of that. Like, this is what our, our whole nation was based on. We, we need to bring that culture back to it. And, and, and it was like, he just like looked like, yeah, like, wow, that's a new thought. Like that, that's the core, the king, that's the kingdom coming. We represent that. In backing up in Hebrews chapter 3, this is actually a very firm word to us. Like this isn't an optional way, that's a nice, nice word. Like this is like, there's, an, there's a, some real firmness to this from the Lord. And in verse 12, I may back up some. Let me, let me back up in, um, to um, verse 7 in chapter 3. <clears throat> and there's a reference to Psalms 95. I won't go there, but it, it's, it's, it's a reference. It connects with this. This is why the Holy Spirit says, If only you would listen to his voice this day, don't make him angry by hardening your hearts like your ancestors did during the days of the, their rebellion when they were tested in the wilderness. There your fathers tested me and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. They still doubted me. This ignited my anger with that generation, and I said about them, they wander in their hearts just like they do with their feet. And they refused to learn my ways. And what, would, what was the Lord saying about his, and what was the truth about his ways? His ways would prosper them and bless them. That it was, it was the best choice for them to follow his ways. It's the best choice for us to follow his ways and honor his ways. And it brings a blessing, it brings prosperity, and it spreads. My heart grieved over them, so I decreed they will never enter into the calming rest of my spirit. They won't enter into my rest. Verse 12, so search your hearts every day, my brothers and sisters, and make sure that none of you has an evil or unbelieving, unbelie in evil or unbelief hiding within you. That's convicting. Like, is there is there an evil unbelief that hides in your heart. And when you have these moments, you look back at your life like, wow, I was really, I, was, I really had issues with this. The Lord was very patient with me. But to, but to not, there was an expectation. The Lord should just be making this stuff happen. The Lord should just show up. He should just prosper. And I wasn't attaching my faith to the promises and contending for them with a good attitude, with saying, my, my father said, I'm a free person, so I'm going to be free. My father said, he'll, make, he'll provide a way. And I'll, I'll, it's like it took me a while to start 
claiming, um, like tapping into the prosperity, uh, tapping into the Lord will give you power to make wealth. That was like I couldn't even go there in my early life. What a because I had such an un, unbelief and such a mindset. And so when when I was uh, constantly not having enough provision and resource, enough to survive, but you like, okay, I want to like get out of this and like not just survive, want to overcome. How I would, I started, I began a journey of claiming that the Lord would give me power to make wealth. And alongside of what I did with the church, I started doing, I started my little business, my whatever, and it became a very healthy, good expression, and there was provision began to come. Sometimes it's like hard to shut, shut the faucet off, like, okay, okay, I got enough, I got enough to do, yeah. So, but, but the point is I got there because I began to claim the scripture, Lord, give me this word, this promise, give me power to make wealth, give me this ability, because I didn't have that belief, and that trust me that kept us in poverty. Phyllis would looked at me and said, man, you, you need to get on one side of this fence or the other. You need to either believe in poverty and be okay with it, or you need to join the faith teachers and start believing in prosperity. Like, but, but where we, you got us living? It's like every wife gives her husband that lecture, right? Like, you, you want to keep on where we're living? You keep me in this place? Like, this is miserable. Get, get to the left or the right, one or the other, you know? It was, a, it was good admonition from her. It was really, she did that a couple times. But I, I mean, I sincerely needed it because I was so, in my mind, my head, I was so stuck. And I, but I couldn't believe for the church either. Like, where we got to, I have little credit for that other than I didn't jump off the planet. But it, I, I really had a tr- problem believing for anything that wasn't coming easily. It was such a test and a trial having that tent, believing there's supposed to be, knowing there's supposed to be a building. This isn't that. This is fun. This is cute. I'm over it. And, and, but I had a hardest time declaring. And when I couldn't see a way, I'm like, ah, oh, just, it was so difficult to declare that if I wasn't figuring it out. That's not the same as faith. Figuring it out gets you a good Ishmael. But just coming in your, your nakedness and having nothing else than standing on a hilltop going, I believe. Oh, this is killing me. I believe. I'm not allowed to fix it with my hands, but I, I just, I believe. You said, I believe. Show me how to walk in your ways and obey you and follow you. And now, like, wow, things are so changed. I went through this thing with my, you know, guitar, like it was just a, it really hit me like it was weird, like boom, wham. But I was only down for a moment, and I didn't despair. And I'm like, no, this is good. And I just kept thinking about doing this. I sowed a seed. (laughs) And it's just, it doesn't matter that I got tested. As a matter of fact, that makes the story better. That all that I need is going to come and more so. And even, even before I sowed that seed, things started to change. Just because there was a decision to go forward, start sowing, and see how the Lord provided through doing that. 
So search your heart and look for that unbelief and deal with it. This is what we go into being victims. I, was, I saw there was a clip that was put together. It was a whole little like trailer for something <clears throat> that had to do with the Patriots and standing. And there was a woman. She was a black woman. She was an attorney. I didn't know the name. And she just, it just shows just a few 10 seconds of her making a statement. She was an attorney and an and, and educator, whatever that meant. So maybe she taught law. I don't know. And she said, I tell people that have lost their jobs in reference to this mandate and all this stuff, take your freedom. She's a black woman, black attorney. Take your freedom and figure out what you're going to do with it. What, what does that mean? That means you have the most precious, you've got the most valuable thing. You've got your freedom. You take your freedom and you stop acting like you just lost your job and realize you've got your freedom. And that's, that's, what you, that's all you need. Your freedom and the Lord's blessing and, and provision on you and you're, you're going to do, you'll be fine. It's like, isn't it a, isn't a mind changer? And you realize in our culture, we're so, we're so dependent on our employers. We're so in, dependent on our jobs and we didn't have, and, and there was a, again, I, had, I was really stuck with this. And it's like, I should only have to work one job and that job should provide for what I, now who, where's that? What's that? Like, it's just, belief systems that get in and you grew up with and then it's not working out and you're stuck in it like it's like hey change up that's not working <laughs> let's look at other things and not feel condemned about it there's there's provision there are other there are other ways and and it's been a journey of breaking out of all of those mount mindsets and so how it applies to physical things it also it definitely applies to spiritual things it's all connected it, it, it goes across the board. What my belief system is for this, it, it's also over here for this. And until this gets changed, the Lord's like, I can't, I can't bless you yet. You've got to get this straightened out. You've got to get out of this. My, my soul doesn't, my heart doesn't take pleasure in you. You're shrinking back. That's not who you were designed to be. And it's not, that's not me. That's not, that's not who I am, who I'm supposed to be or what I, I know that. I know that. Have you ever seen things uh, um, come face to face with things in your life and you go, this isn't, this isn't who I'm supposed to be. This, is, this isn't even supposed to be who I'm supposed to be. What am, why, am I, why am I stuck here? Why am I this? This isn't me. Because you can feel inside of yourself. Freedom is, is, a, is in every man. And liberty and faith, it's in every person. And if you're not alive in that, you come to the conclusion, this is not what I was, what I was born to be. I was born to be something more. So he says this unbelief, this evil or unbelief hiding within you, for it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. This is the time to encourage each other to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitfulness. For we are mingled with the Messiah if we will continue unshaken in this confident assurance from the beginning until the end. And then this scripture, 
Um, if only today you would listen to his voice, don't make him angry by hardening your hearts as you did in the wilderness in the rebellion. And of course, Israel lost a lot because they hardened their heart towards him. And what it meant was they, they wouldn't warm up to his provision, his blessing, wouldn't warm up to who he was. There was this independence, this I'll do it myself. I'm going to go my way. I'm going to, I can live without you. So when David um, strengthened his heart like such a picture, when we, when we get slammed, it's not, a, it's not a crime to get run into a wall and have something that really takes you out for a moment. It's very difficult to get. The, the thing is, don't stay there. Overcome, strengthen your heart in it. If it takes a day, if it takes a month, if it takes a year. But it, it's all about the posture, like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not staying here. This isn't taking me out. I'm not going to live in this. This is not going to become my identity. I'm not going to put this on a T-shirt. I'm not going to put it on my forehead. I'm not wearing this. I'm not owning this. I'm, I'm going after the promise and you, you rise up with what you have, we, get, we stumble so badly over the wall, over the wreck, over the thing that comes. We can't afford to do that. Like we analyze, why did I do that? What did I, what did I do wrong? There's always, and there's always plenty of things that pull out of that bag, right? I mean, on any given day, you hit that wall, and there's, there's stuff in that bag you're like, you know, that you know may have been, or maybe you're even wrong, but you still feel it. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done this. I deserve this. And, and it just keeps you so paralyzed. Like, all of this stuff is, is a well-played scenario that gets played on all of us all the time. There's nothing that's new. You'd be amazed at how common the thing you think is unique to you Every other people are struggling with. Same lie, same story. It's not that original. It never is, even for you. It's like, yeah, I'm different. I doubt it. You, you, are, you are loved by your father. You're hated by the devil. And, and he uses the same tricks to, to, pull, to take us all down. Sooner or later, an offense will come in your life. Inevitable, yeah? Get over it, deal with it, or you'll be 75 with that thing still living in you. That's, that's what's sad. When you see something that should have long ago been, been done, it's still there. But the enemy loves that. If he can get that planted, they're very effective. Just keep you, keep you down, keep you subdued. This is the time to encourage each other to never be stubborn or hard-hearted by sin's deceitfulness, for we are mingled with the Messiah if we continue unshaken in this confident assurance from the beginning until the end. So we encourage each other. We encourage, exhort each other. And we, when you identify this in someone's heart, like show them the way, but be firm. You've got to start believing. You've got to rise up. I can't carry you. We can't carry one another. You've got to come to this thing where you learn to contend for your promises, for what the Lord has for you. Identify that. Contend for that. 
David had a million opportunities to quit and, and fail. And in the end, he had some he had some bad chapters in his life. But we're still singing his psalms today, huh? We're still singing his psalms. Still ministering to us. What was it? What were his psalms? His journey to the heart of God. His journey to intimacy. His journey to closeness. And whatever we accomplish, if we lose closeness, if we lose resting in the Lord and his stuff, then we've lost everything. And, And that's... It's like it's just, it's an invitation into goodness. It's an invitation into provision. It's an invitation into blessing. It's an invitation into reconciling and redeeming things and making things right. You too can come in and have a fresh start and a new life and things be restored. Father, in Jesus' name, however we're hit, whatever circumstances we're hit in, I know that you want to pour your grace out on us. It's about that, and it's about having a posture and position where we just can receive your grace to get through it, to get over it, to be brave and to be strong. That's a really tough thing when you're feeling weak and battered and broken. But your your expectation of us, what our DNA is, is that we are brave, that we're courageous that you speak to us, do not be afraid. Do not let fear control you. Do not let fear stop you. But you call us courageous, valiant warriors. So, Father, I ask for a grace. Stir up giftings and callings in us. Stir us up in those, these days. Give us eyesight and focus for what we see. We just claim all of your promises as you have said. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.